Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. attending Wajax 2023rd quarter financial results webcast. On today's webcast will be Mark Foote, Wajax President and Chief Executive Officer, and Mr. Stuart Ald, Chief Financial Officer. Please be advised that this webcast is being recorded. Please note that this webcast contains forward-looking statements. Actual future results may differ from expected results. I will now turn the call over to Mark Foote. Please go ahead. Thank you, and uh, good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for joining us on our third quarter call today. This afternoon, we'll be following a webcast, including a summary presentation, which can be found on our website under Investor Relations, Events, and Presentations. I'll provide you with a general update, and then I'll turn it over to Stu for some additional comments. And our cautionary statement regarding forward-looking information is on slide two, and additional non-GAAP I'm sorry, additionally, uh, non-GAAP and additional GAAP measures summarized on slide three. And additional information you can find in the appendix uh, at the end of the presentation. So if you turn to slide four, Wajax has continued to consistently adhere to four objectives in response to current conditions. First, to protect the health and safety of our employees. Second, to continue to provide strong service to our customers. Third, to protect the financial health of the company and fourth, uh, positioning ourselves to refocus on growing the company as conditions improve. Our decisions in the third quarter and going forward we can, will continue to be made according to these objectives. And a summary of our actions is included in the MDNA and the news release that uh, was issued last night. On behalf of the management team and the board of directors, I want to thank our employees for their dedication, commitment, and flexibility during this difficult period. In the quarter, the team's efforts resulted in consistently strong customer service scores, excellent workplace safety results, and their efforts contributed to year-over-year improvements in cash flow from operations due to ongoing efforts to reduce inventory and to manage costs. If you turn to slide five, revenue of 340.6 million was down 7% in the quarter. Revenue in July was weak on a year-over-year basis. Uh, while still down, improved a bit in August and was higher on a year-over-year basis in September. We'll have further revenue commentary in just a moment. EBIT of 14.3 million was down 8% in the quarter. The revenue decline and the effective restructuring costs was partially offset by lower uh, SG&A and uh, and other factors. We'll have, uh, we will address the restructuring and the application of the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy just shortly. Adjusted net earnings of 50 cents was down 4% in the quarter. Adjusted earnings reflect the exclusion of the after-tax cost of $5.6 million in restructuring, a $1.2 million gain on property sale, and a $1 million uh, non-cash gain on mark-to-market of derivative instruments. Year-to-date TRIF rate of 0.99 is 32% better than last year. We're very proud that the team has continued to reduce the number of injuries and has implemented a wide range of enhanced safety protocols 
in order to improve safety during the pandemic, which has benefited our employees, our customers, and our business partners. You turn to slide six. This slide shows an adjusted earnings bridge, which provides us an opportunity to discuss the restructuring that was completed in the quarter. The corporation made the difficult decision to reduce the size of the workforce by approximately 8% or 243 employees. The associated annual compensation cost of the employees released is 19.3 million, and uh, a major portion of which will not be incurred in 2020 due to the majority of these employees excuse me, being on temporary layoff in the second and third quarters. While the immediate primary driver of the workforce reduction is volume related, the corporation believes that a material portion of these savings will be structurally maintained as volumes improve. Reducing the workforce is a regrettable action and the company has endeavored to balance customer service, anticipated volumes and costs in order to minimize the effect to the extent possible on our employees. Recognizing that, the company is pleased that approximately 300 employees or 34% of the staff that was originally placed on reduced hours or temporary layoff in the second quarter have now returned to full-time hours. Turning to slide seven. This slide provides information on the application of the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy in the quarter. Wage Act received 5.4 million on a pre-tax basis, which was allocated to cost of sales in SG&A in proportion to the related personnel costs associated with those areas. Excluding the effect of the wage subsidy, gross profit margin of 18% declined 1% year over year and improved sequentially 3.1% when compared to the second quarter. As expected, margin pressure related to aged inventory disposal was not as significant a factor in the third quarter. Excluding the effect of the wage subsidy, the SG&A rate to sales of 13.1% declined 40 basis points year over year. And excluding the effect of the subsidy and the gain on sale, uh, SG&A reduced by 3.4 million or 7% versus last year in line with the change in revenue. Turning to slide eight, dealing specifically with regional sales in the quarter and keeping comments at a, at a pretty high level. Central Canada sales of 74 million increased 3%. We continue to be confident in an improved long-term position in the Ontario market and saw evidence of that in the third quarter. September sales were particularly strong. Eastern Canada sales of 137 million declined 10%. Lower equipment sales and shortfalls in ERS and industrial parts contributed to the decline. Similar to Ontario, Eastern Canada sales strengthened in September. Western Canada sales of 130 million declined 9%. Revenue pressure in the mining and engines and transmissions categories continued in the West, due in part to oil, uh, oil, lower oil sands volumes. And while the trend in September did improve slightly, total volumes in the West were not as positive as the gains seen in Central and Eastern Canada. Indicators on oil sands activity are more positive looking forward, recognizing those effects are yet to be seen in our results. You'll turn to slide nine. Sales by type of transaction is shown on this page. And in addition to what's listed here, two additional points to consider. First, in product support, approximately 81% of the decline in sales relates to Western Canada, 
the majority of which is due to lower oil sands activity affecting the mining and engine and transmissions parts and service sales. And in ERS, sales increases relate to the acquisition of North Point in January 2020. The company remains very pleased with the performance of the recent acquisitions of both Group DeLome and North Point and continues to review additional ERS acquisition opportunities for execution when market and balance sheet conditions are appropriate. If you turn to slide 10, this slide summarizes our sales at a category level for the quarter and year to date. Noting that market conditions are broadly affecting our business, sales contribution from our targeted growth categories in the quarter increased 7.5% based on flat sales and construction and gains in material handling and engineered repair services. I'll turn the call over to Stu. Thanks, Mark. Please turn to slide 11 for my comments on backlog. Our Q3 backlog decreased 18.5 million, or 10%, sequentially from the previous quarter, and decreased 115.7 million, or 40%, on a year-over-year basis. The sequential decrease was driven primarily by lower orders in most categories, but most notably in the construction, material handling, and ERS categories. The year-over-year decrease relates to lower orders in all categories except construction, but most notably lower orders in mining, power generation, and material handling categories. Please turn to slide 12 for an update on our current inventory levels. Inventory, including consignment, decreased 39.2 million compared to Q2 2020 as a result of lower equipment inventory in the construction, power generation, and mining categories. Consignment inventory decreased 15.5 million from the previous quarter. Inventory, including consignment, decreased 116 million compared to Q3 2019 as a result of lower equipment inventory in the construction, forestry, power generation, and material handling categories, and lower parts inventory in the industrial parts and ERS categories, offset partially by higher mining equipment inventory. As previously stated, we are adjusting our incoming inventory orders based on market conditions and are focused on reducing equipment levels. Please turn to slide 13, where I will provide an update on cash flow and leverage. Cash flow from operating activities in the current quarter have decreased 8.5 million from Q2 2020, due primarily to lower net earnings and higher finance costs paid on the debts and rental equipment additions. Our Q3 leverage ratio decreased compared to Q2 from 2.82 times to 2.59 times, as the lower debt level was partially offset by lower trailing 12-month performing adjusted EBITDA. <clears throat> On our available credit capacity at the end of Q3 was $181.8 million, which is sufficient to meet short-term normal course working capital and maintenance capital requirements and certain strategic investments. Please turn to slide 14, where I'll provide an update on financial position. We continue to focus on working capital efficiency, which is a key component in managing our overall leverage targets. All actions aimed at lowering working capital are expected to increase RONA over time, which will have the additional benefit of lowering our working capital sales ratio and increasing inventory terms. 
The decline in inventory turns from Q3 2019 is due to lower trailing 12-month average sales and higher average inventory levels. As previously disclosed, we continue to evaluate ways to unlock cash from the business and as such have completed a market value assessment of our own real estate holdings. In the third quarter, we entered into a sale and leaseback transaction for one of our own properties for proceeds net of transaction costs of $5.2 million. Further opportunities to sell redundant real estate as well as sale and leaseback opportunities have been identified. Proceeds from any real estate sales will be used primarily for debt repayment. The earnings impact from any sale and leaseback transaction is not expected to be material as any gains are expected to be approximately offset by the incremental lease costs over the term of the lease. Finally, the board has approved our fourth quarter dividend of 25 cents per share, payable on January 5, 2021 to shareholders of record on December 15, 2020. At this point, I'll hand the call back to Mark to provide a brief update on our 2020 financial outlook and his concluding remarks. Thanks, Stuart. Current business conditions uh, related primarily to COVID-19 and secondarily to weak resource markets in Western Canada have continued to have a negative effect on the corporation's results during the third quarter of 2020. Volume trends in comparison to last year, as we stated earlier, improved as the quarter progressed. While volumes have recently shown an improving trend, WageAx continues to expect revenue to be lower year over year in the fourth quarter. As such, the corporation made the difficult decision in the third quarter to reduce the workforce by approximately 8% when compared to January 1st of 2020. In response to difficult market conditions and consistent with the corporation's plans, owned and consignment inventory continued to decline in the third quarter, while margins improved sequentially from the second quarter when accelerated disposal of aged inventory temporarily reduced margins. Corporation's focus is to manage the business according to its four key objectives, protecting the health and safety of employees, providing strong service to customers, protecting the financial health of the corporation, and positioning the company to execute its growth strategy as conditions improve. The company expects to partially offset the effect of volume declines with cost reductions while managing customer service levels, working capital, and capital spending accordingly. Corporation's current sources of liquidity are expected to be sufficient while preparing to return to growing the business as conditions improve. With that, I think we'll open it up for questions. Ladies and gentlemen, to ask a question, please press star and the number one on your telephone keypad. We'll pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster. Your first question comes from Michael Dumet with Scotiabank. Your line is open. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Um, I'm Michael. Hey, I, I was wondering if you could provide um, additional information as it relates to the restructuring initiative, um, you know, where exactly the headcounts were reduced just in terms of regions or categories. Um, and as a follow-up, uh, Mark, you discussed that most of the cost reductions were um, volume related. So how should we think about the um, potential structural improvement in the SGA area going forward? Yeah, on the uh, on the first part of the question, Michael, the um, probably about seventy uh, percent of the reductions came from non-ERS businesses, and uh, the about thirty percent came from ERS businesses. Um, as it relates to uh, kind of the base business reductions, they were 
they were spread in a, in, in a pretty much across all regions with the most of the effect being felt in, in Western Canada, specifically the prairies. Um, in the ERS side of things, uh, some volume reductions that have really come from uh, a number of social distancing issues we have to contend with and some of the bigger uh, shops that we have in Eastern Canada um, gave us a requirement to, uh, to remove some of the staff there. Um, I think as it, as it relates to looking forward, um, I think it's probably safe to assume that about a third of those annualized costs are structurally maintainable as volumes improve. Um, you know, it could be a bit higher than that, but that's probably a, a, a reasonably conservative estimate. Uh, thanks for that, Mark. Um, and then just turning it to um, the inventories um, and the free cash flow generation in the last 12 months, obviously it's lots of progress there. Um, should we expect um, Q4 cash flow from inventories um, you know, to, to, to be typical of regular seasonality? I, mean, I guess this is probably the first year, at least to me, where equipment companies are thinking about managing um, their inventories down through the downturn and then up for the recovery in the same 12-month period. So just how, how are you thinking about inventory restocking um, as the, the macro recovers from here? So at, at this point, at least uh, to the end of the year, um, we're, we're still working with our vendors to, um, you know, manage those inventories um, slightly down for the balance of the year um, and not really have to start placing significant orders until early next year. And then we would expect a positive uh, cash flow uh, in the fourth quarter. Michael, if I could just add one thing to what Stuart said, which was, which was accurate. Um, the, uh, the equipment inventory levels in wage acts really have only been an issue in construction. Outside of that, the equipment inventory levels have been actually quite, quite good. Um, so while it, uh, it has been an issue for us for, uh, for this year because of demand, uh, to Stu's point, the likelihood is we'll be getting to the point where orders are gonna have to be placed for uh, probably the second quarter of next year. Um, or we're going to, even with modest sales expectations, likely to, to run short. So we're, we're, we're getting into pretty good shape, and uh, a lot of the corrections that have occurred this year have set us up, we think, for a pretty positive next year. Gotcha. So, Mark, fair to say that the construction inventory will be at normal levels at some point early next year? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the inventory chart that Stuart had in the presentation, the targeted growth categories, which construction is the biggest contributor to, are running at inventory levels that uh, you know pretty consistent with a couple of years ago now. So we still have some consignment inventory to work through, although net, the net consignment has is, is come down quite a bit. So uh, I'd say that, to Stu's point earlier, likely by the end of this year we're at uh, we're certainly at run rate construction levels, um, and uh, hopefully as demand picks up, we'll uh, we'll need uh, we'll need to increase the orders a bit more than we have already. Gotcha, thanks. Um, and then just maybe one more before I pass it on. I mean, um, I'd like to sort of get your take on Q4 sales trends. I mean, you indicated on one hand that you were up uh, in September, um, but that you expect sales to be down in the fourth quarter. Just uh, help us reconcile the two, please. Thanks. Yeah, the uh, the sales volumes on a month-to-month -month basis in the third quarter were uh, 
it'd be difficult to spot a trend there. Um, opening volumes in the in the fourth quarter are uh, are not bad. Um, I think we're we're trying to be reasonably conservative with how we think about the fourth quarter right now. We've got one large shovel to deliver in December, but that's comp to last year. So our, our biggest issue right now, I think, is is watching what happens, uh, particularly in the oil sands in the fourth quarter. Uh, so like the volume there is pretty important to us. Uh, but uh, out of the gate in the fourth quarter, the volumes are not uh, are not too bad. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Again, to ask a question, please press star then the number one on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from Brian Fath with Raymond James. Your line is open. Yeah, thanks. Um, just looking for more color on the margin compression in parts and services for the quarter. Okay. Um, call it 80% of the sales reduction is Western Canada. Most of that's in the oil sands. That's our most profitable parts and service business. And um, really the the primary area of margin compression is is product support and a bunch of that is the labor side of things. Now mix is hurting us from an overall parts and service business because as I said the, the oil sands business is the largest contributor to our parts and service profitability. But um, we saw actually reasonably strong margins in equipment in the quarter, uh, good margins in ERS. We saw a wee bit of a decline in industrial parts but that's primarily because of the shift from uh, in regions and some weakness in the West. And uh, we did see some compression in parts and labor margins, uh, particularly driven by the West, but the labor margins were probably the bigger issue. Okay, thanks. Um, and then just looking at the forestry segment, uh, with revenue down 10% year over year, um, we're just seeing record profits from uh, lumber companies and forestry companies uh, heading into year end. Uh, do you expect a, a bit of a lag effect uh, in activity levels and maybe a pickup in 4Q for that sector? Uh, we, we're expecting actually reasonably stronger in the forestry business. Um, we've yet to book some, uh, we yet to finish those sales in the fourth quarter, but we are expecting to have a reasonably good fourth quarter in the forestry business. Good, thanks. That's it for me. Your next question comes from Michael. To a form with TD Security, your line is open. Uh, thanks. Uh, good afternoon. Um, Mark, can you just talk a little bit more about your thoughts on the outlook for product support? You've mentioned a couple times that, that that's been one of the hardest hit areas, um, critically important to your Western Canadian business. Uh, how, do you, how do you see that uh, trending as we move forward here through the fourth quarter and into next year? I think we're cautiously optimistic that uh, next year and perhaps towards the end of this year is a bit better than what we're experiencing what we experienced so far this year primarily because we think the equipment activity levels will uh, improve we got about 30 percent of the fleet that we service is parked and i think as curtailments uh would be expected to come off later this year and some of our large customers uh see some production increases then we're uh, we're generally believing that the, the trends will uh, will improve. Um, so we're we're optimistic that that trend uh, does not continue into 2021, and we're we're hopeful that it's a bit better by the end of this year. That's uh, on the kind of heavy equipment side of things. The engines and transmissions business that may be a, structurally a bit longer to recover, but it's not as big a factor as 
as the hydraulic shovels and some of the heavier parts and service stuff we have with uh, with our oil sands mining customers. Okay, uh, thanks for that. And then just as we think about the fourth quarter and your, your comment that you do still expect sales to be lower year over year, if we look across the various product categories, I mean, you just spoke to, to product support, uh, but as far as some of the other areas, would you expect sort of a similar uh, distribution in terms of, you know, what's contributing to the declines, or is there anything that you see sort of coming back more quickly or, or frankly, or for that matter, falling off a little bit uh, in the fourth quarter as we think about the other categories? Uh, I would say that uh, in kind of a, a distribution by sales type, it, um, I think product support is going to continue to be a bigger issue for us than, than some of the other lines are. We may see a bit of an improvement in some of our ERS volumes, um, but I'd say the product support, at least for the fourth quarter of this year, we're expecting it to be continue to be a bit of a drag on the results. Okay, and then uh, just in terms of the 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 SUS benefit uh, looking forward, is that do you again expect to uh, to realize some uh, benefit from that program in the fourth quarter, and and if so, is there any way to help us think about how to how to frame that? Uh, if we do, it'll be a lot less than what we saw in either Q2 or Q3. Um, uh, just, you know, you have to wait until the, the month happens to do the calculation. So we expect there'll be some benefit, but it, it's going to be much lower than either of the last quarters. Okay. Uh, that's all I have. Thanks. There are no further questions. Get up at this time. I'll turn the call back over to Mark Foote. Okay, well, thanks very much for your time today. We appreciate that and look forward to talking to you again at the end of the fourth quarter. Thank you. This concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.